Pratt Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 1071, May 4th, 2023. 91 degrees on this day in 1952. And 22 degrees on this day in 1967. I know you fishermen are anxious to get out on the waters, and I hope you make yourself uh, familiar with the app from Ripple Lip University, rippleliputiversity.com. It's an app that helps you uh, coordinate all of your electronic gear, it tweaks and dials it in, your Hummingbird, Garmin, or Lowrance marine products through their app. I got a, I got help on the pronunciation of Lowrance from Bert in Key Largo, Florida. It's pronounced Lowrance, not Lowrance. So I got that straightened out. Go to rippleliputiversity.com. We have ice house today on Minnetonka in 1859. It's interesting to note that the year after that was 1959. I don't know what the temperature's supposed to be. I don't know. Uh, White Bear went out on this day in 1950 and 2018. That meant swimming season was soon upon White Bear Lake residents in 2018. I hope they contacted Aquaside. Aquaside has been helping people maintain Great Lake Shores for more than 60 years with their products, a complete line of lake and pond control products that eat up, eat up the weeds and the algae. The products are easy to use. I've used them. That's how easy they are to use. And they work quickly. They're registered with the EPA and DNR, and they're completely safe. Call Aquaside. Describe to them what you think your problem is. They'll help you. They'll straighten you out. They'll get you the right products. Call Aquaside at 1-800-328-9350 or go to Aquaside.com. And now, from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Chris Reavers manning Technology Corner, Kenny Olson from the Krabby Coffee Shop, John Hyde in the newsroom, and of course, the rookie. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and the keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Sushir. I have to start on a sad note, but it's a note of warning regarding government cars, which are electric. It's from an editorial in today's Wall Street Journal. Stellantis, that's the outfit that owns Chrysler, Fiat, Alfa Romeo. Stellantis announced last week it would offer buyouts to 31,000 hourly employees to free up cash for its government-mandated EV transition. Wow. The competition is fierce, and the cost of electrification cannot be passed on to the customer. North American Chief Operating Officer Mark Stewart wrote to employees. Translation? Workers will be collateral damage in the transition to EVs as they lose their jobs making gas-powered cars. President Biden flogs the jobs created at EV factories, but he never mentions the losers, owing to government mandates and subsidies that distort investment. Wow. Something to keep in mind there, huh? Put that in the back of your hat. Isn't that terrible? 31,000 people with good-paying jobs will now lose the jobs because the government is forcing you to drive an electric car. You know what it is to me? It's sinful. 
Sinful. Do you know I told you yesterday that we had a possum in our yard? Mm-hmm. Having never, I, I assumed it was a possum and I was correct, although I was incorrect. There is a possum and there is an opossum. May I ask something? Years ago, what was it that you found underneath your deck? It had to be a chupacabra. Is that what it was? Well, it was a fox, I think. Oh, okay. But it looked okay. horrible. Uh, this was uh, what we have was based on the photographs I'm looking at, we have an opossum. And they're uh, just as ugly as possums. <laughs> and uh, emailers have notified me that they're they're good creatures despite their looks. Well, I never intended to harm it. I don't kill any of this stuff. Uh, but they apparently don't eat rabbits. Because hmm. I was talking to a guy today who was looking at my lilac hedgerow. And he said, oh, man, the rabbits got you. And I stupidly said, how did they get this high up to eat the upper <laughs> branches? The guy looked at me and he said, well, they stood on the snow. You know, the snow-blown snow created right. a, an elevation. But for you're the, picturing them jumping and taking a bite. I was thinking they're standing <laughs> up. Or, Came by on stilts. But we've had, we've had rabbits before. Right. But never have they destroyed the lilac bushes. Hmm. So we have an abundance of rabbits, and I'm linking that to the opossum because the opossums apparently they neither frighten <clears throat> rabbits nor do they pursue them, because the the rabbits are uh, plentiful, and it's the first time I've seen an opossum. Hmm. Uh, Bert writes, possums are like armadillos. It's like God cut them loose before he was finished. (laughs) (laughs) They don't seem fully developed. They're vaguely fetal. F-O-E-T-A-L. I had to look that up. Fetal. They're, they have a fetal shape. Their backs are curved and their their limbs are under you know curved yeah. back, and uh, so I had a word thrown at me there that I had to look up F O E T A L. Uh, and Bert has a quiz for Mister F Y I. Oh no! What singer's nickname was Possum? George Jones. Well, then you then you you win. You win, I guess. Uh, that, personal what, what do I win? Yeah. If that's true, well, I have which, no idea that George, come take care what of the George Jones's I name was. Thought that was a really mean nickname. Possum. Yeah, I mean, why not just call him a? a well, you know, make yeah, something make up. Something right. up. <laughs> Insert your own word here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Joe, a quick note from the pilot, Paul in Mankato. I have lots of opossums in my yard. I live in a wooded area. They are good to have around. They eat lots of grubs and kill the snakes. Despite what Kenny says, I've never had one be aggressive to me. They shy away from humans. All right. And Christy writes... Yes, opossums are not cute, but don't kill them. They eat ticks. I welcome them to my ba- I welcome them to my backyard. I hate ticks as much as you do. Your daily Arkansas listener, Christy. Thank you, Christy. Right. Everything I know about possums, I learned on the uh, Canadian TV show uh, Letter Kenny, where there was a uh, rabid possum in the church, and they had to go get them, and one of them was bit. And, uh, yeah, things didn't turn out well. I think I have your answer to why your rabbits uh, took care of your lilacs. Yeah. Inflation. Could be. They mm-hmm. can't afford, you know, mm-hmm. food these days. Well, you can, you can, be, you can be silly and you can be, you can be sophomoric That's and my laughing. Role. But mm-hmm. I, uh, I have a great deal of anxiety that my lilacs will not 
a flower in their normal theatrical way, and that would be greatly disappointing to me. Because we're getting close, right? Well, it's always the end of May, despite climate change hysteria. It's all always around uh, the end of May. Uh, speaking of those job losses at Stellantis, I got this from the Center of the American Experiment, a piece written by John Phelan, who notes, last week I wrote about data showing that the number of people out of the labor force since the pandemic peak has seen its 13th greatest increase in Minnesota. One respondent said the article was fundamentally dishonest because it did not account for those who had left the workforce permanently due to retirement, those who left the workforce temporarily to care for sick or aging parents, and those who can't find affordable child care. Of course, as I've noted before, all this does is beg the question of why these various problems are worse in Minnesota than they are in other states. Why are so many more people retiring in Minnesota? Why are there so many more people caring for sick and aging parents in Minnesota? Why is it so much harder to find affordable child care in Minnesota? This did prompt me to take a closer look at the data. The Bureau of Labor Statistics breaks the labor force down into various categories. We can compare the numbers to these categories for 2019 to 2022 to see how some of the components of Minnesota's workforce have changed. And then he has graphs and charts, and what they show is we're, we're losing workers. To put this in context, figure two shows that, okay, they're all figures. I shouldn't have read this. I apologize. It's all based on the graph. His, okay, point, his, point, is, his point is that uh, our employment situation is not as robust as uh, Governor Flannel's shirt would, would have you believe. Where are they going, though? Where, where are these people Retiring. Okay. Leaving. Not working. Well, it's, I mean, I mean, I mean, you I understand know, retirement, but I don't understand how somebody's just no longer working. You, you want to know something the DFL has done? Mm-hmm. No. No. <laughs> Haven't we had enough, <laughs> yeah, Joe? I, I agree with oh, Kenny. <laughs> what could possibly be next? <laughs> This is from the chief engineer at the University of St. Thomas. Hail the flashlight king. Hail you. Of all the distasteful things the Democrats have passed this session, this might be the most insidious. They have added language to the omnibus election policy bill that would change how our electoral college presidential voters vote. From the popular vote of Minnesotans to the popular vote of the nation. This not only chips away at our country's foundation, but removes one of the pillars that the founding fathers put into place to prevent large populated states dominating the presidential presidential selection over smaller populated states. We would never see a presidential candidate stump in Minnesota again, just see their planes flying from coast to coast. There would be no more red and blue states on election night, just one color. Good luck, but I think we're screwed. DFLers in the House and Senate voted this month. This is uh, dated April 29th, so voted in April. To transform American presidential elections by abandoning the Electoral College. Mm -hmm. The Senate voted along party lines 34-33 Wednesday to pass an elections omnibus policy bill that includes a provision that would have Minnesota award its presidential electors to the candidate with the most votes nationwide. 
not the most votes in Minnesota. We waking up yet? Republicans who unsuccessfully tried to remove the language from the... Uh, uh, Republicans tried unsuccessfully to stop this. Last week, the House passed an omnibus state government bill that included the national popular vote compact language because that language is included in two different omnibus bills, a series of Democrat-controlled conference committees between the chambers will likely determine the fate of the measure. And if they remain true to form, those are conference committees that won't include Republican legislators. Minnesota would join 15 other states in the national popular vote interstate compact and take the nation one step closer to electing the president by a national popular vote, which is not as smart a way to do it as the founders came up with. But they even with all of our technology and all of our knowledge that we've gained, Mm -hmm. that still is the it's the perfect way to go. It's a departure from the longstanding electoral college system, which has states award their allotted electoral votes based on the outcome of their individual statewide presidential elections. The National Popular Vote Compact would have states who sign on award their electoral votes to the winner of the total votes accumulated across all 50 states and the District of Columbia. Well, that would end the country then. Wouldn't it? Seriously? Yes, it would. No, it will. Yeah. Wrong tense. It, it will. will. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. What's the point of even voting then? And I, Kenny, I thought the same thing. And is that the design here? Is that the is that the end game? I don't know what is what is the end game. I'm assuming the end game is uh, democratic control of the entire United States and all 50 states. The end game is what we stumbled on 15 years ago Mm -hmm. and have sharpened it and defined it and watched it grow. The end game is the mystery, the creation of a country that is not the United States you know. But wasn't this one of the last things that a lot of people had confidence in? And even that's now being not Mm -hmm. only chipped away, it's being dissolved completely. Mm Mm-hmm. Who sent you that email? Uh, he also sent it to me, and now I can't find it. A guy from St. Thomas. I, I assume he doesn't mind if I use his name, Dave Clydesdale. And this got reported in Alpha News. It did. I'm unaware of this having been reported in the Pioneer Press or Star Tribune. I can look that up right now. I don't know. Maybe it did. That's a shame. Uh, the founders were brilliant people, but they're so uh, they're found now in contempt by the mystery. They're held in contempt by Mysterians, which is a, a horrible, horrible shame. But that's where we are. Well, they were racist, Joe. Come on. Yeah. Gee whiz, that's just amazing. What my vote won't count. <laughs> Right. My, my vote will be canceled My open. vote will be superseded by anybody who votes in New York or L.A. Um, right. I did all. I did was I went to the Star Tribune's website and just in the search bar hit voting. Mm-hmm. Nothing is showing except for the uh, state senator that voted shirtless. That's the well, most why recent you, photo. Why don't you be more specific in the search bar? Put uh, electoral college. electoral voting right. slash electoral college. I actually was doing that while you were reading this story, and I could find no local coverage except an editorial in the Duluth News Tribune against the idea 
No news story concerning it at all that I can find. It's a major, it's revolutionary. It's America Would, being turned upside down on its voting. Voting has been the root of a lot of mystery and evil. Voting has been yep. fixed a hundred times where it hasn't been broken. Doesn't and, that then make people like the Star Tribune complicit? Well, given how their publisher treated the cartoonist who is yet to appear, we now know what kind of newspaper it is. It's not a newspaper dedicated to any kind of neutrality whatsoever. It's a newspaper adhering to a far leftist agenda. And if the far left wants to get rid of the Electoral College of Minnesota, they, are par they apparently now have at the helm a very weak-kneed guy who's going to go along with it. You know, it's uh, very ironic and interesting about this piece in the Duluth News Tribune. Hmm. It's written by a fella who's a Democrat who cast an electoral vote for Hillary Clinton, and he is against this national popular vote compact, saying it's the wrong thing to do, don't do it, it'll screw everything up. So he is on the other side, but he agrees with our concept of the Well, and he's a rare bird, isn't he? Yeah, his name is Jasper Hendricks. I'm not sure if he's a local politician or... Was it a letter to the editor? It was a... Uh, no, it was an editorial. A guest editorial? <clears throat> guest Did editorial. Did we read that on the show? Wow. Something came up recently where we were a pleasing... Uh, we were pleasantly astonished to find out that it was in the Duluth News Tribune. It ran a month, a little more than a month ago, April 4th. Hmm. In the Duluth News Tribune, so it's ringing who, a bell, but I can't confirm. Who came up with and when did this national popular vote compact start? I don't know. These lists of states you read off are, are they all Democratic-controlled states? Hawaii, Oregon, Washington, uh, Cali, Colorado, New well, Mexico. Well, uh, Oregon is, Washington is, California is, Colorado is. Uh, New Mexico, New York is, Massachusetts is, the District of Columbia is, Illinois is. I don't know about New Mexico, Massachusetts, and Massachusetts uh, is Vermont. Vermont. Yeah. Uh, don't have a year on when the, I I was unaware of this so-called compact. I'm naively, I, I've been naively trusting that something as sacrosanct as the Electoral College would survive, even though I know it's been under attack. Uh, I, uh, let's just face it, the people we're electing have no respect for what the Founding Fathers accomplished, nor what they did, nor how they thought. Uh, whatever the Founding Fathers came up with seems to me to now be fair game in legislative chambers populated by morons who don't really give a bleep. Nope. Well, and the reason they're doing it, obviously, is the popular vote has gone basically Democratic for the last, what, 40 years. Yeah, so they're they feathering their own bed here. Exactly. They're, they're guaranteeing yeah. that they will continue to be in power. Was that, that the case with the most recent presidential election? Uh, Every election, yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, Hillary Clinton had more votes. Uh, because, it, it, well, it just use your own homework from the University of Garage Logic because those votes uh, increasing the Democrat representative uh, come from the closer Countries, you get to yeah. the country's tallest buildings. Mm -hmm. But the vast majority of land in the country does not vote 
liberal. The vast majority of space in the United States votes Republican. Mm-hmm. But liberals for years have been dying to do this. And now they have the right people in place. Uh, the closer you get to the country's tallest buildings, to uh, it's just among the many things the DFL has rammed through this legislature. Hey, if you don't like America, then you can get it. <laughs> oh, here we go. Yep. Um, at the end of the piece, this guy from Princeton, Andrew Matthews, says 13 of those 15 states that passed legislation uh, to join on the uh, compact are Democrat trifectas. Mm-hmm. So 13 out of the 15. And and we are a Democrat trifecta. Are yes. we? Yes, we are. That, that Family Leave Act, by the way, which is passed and is fated to be signed by the governor because he'll sign anything you put in front of him. It's like Burgundy. Uh, that's just a vote-buying bill. All that is is a dependency bill. That's just I- vote-buying. And I love when you go to the Democrat for a comment, they all poo-poo it like the people asking the question. questions are, you know, second graders mm-hmm. and complete idiots. It's like, oh, this isn't nothing. This is how it should be. Right. Okay, okay. You have, hey. uh, you know, if you have lost a loved one, that uh, can create a tough time in life. And you need the right people in place to help you get through it. It's fraught with anxiety and Sadness, and you want the right people in place, and the right people are at Mueller Memorial, family-owned, more than three generations. I've known that family all my life. I'm a good friend of the owner, Scott Mueller. They take care of the difficult details. Details. They honor your loved ones and bring families together to celebrate a life well-lived. They are the first in the nation to be changing the true nature of these ceremonies. And at the White Bear location, yeah, they have a bar. You know, I mean, yeah, you know, well, what are you going to do? I've been there. I've bellied up. It was used, uh, it was used uh, enthusiastically when we parked my mom there. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's not a fun thing to think about or deal with, but when you know more about what's involved, you'll understand that it doesn't have to be overwhelming. Scott has written a book called What to Know Before You Go. It's free Go to MuellerMemorial.com slash GL to request a copy. The book answers all the questions you might have about funeral planning or cremation services. Even if you don't think it may be right for you now, it may be something you want to consider for the inevitable future. It's MuellerMemorial.com. Hey, GLers, it's Reavers here, and you've heard me talk about my relationship with Josh Arnold for quite some time now, and the reason I advocate that you give Josh a call is simple. Well, actually, it's two reasons, trust and results. Josh has seen it all when it comes to economic and market conditions. As he says, past results do not guarantee future returns. Well, that is true. Josh can make sure that your retirement objectives match your investments, and you can trust Josh to make sure that you are not paying more in fees than you are selling in returns. Yes, that is more common than you would think. So do yourself a favor by booking a 48-minute free, yes, free consultation that has absolutely no obligation. Call Josh today at 952-925-5608. That number, once again, is 952-925-5608. You will be glad you did. Investment services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a security investment advisor. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. All comments and opinions are Josh Arnold's and do not constitute investment advice. Chris Reavers is a paid endorser. 
Here's a man who spends hours in hardware stores, sifting through the nuts and bolts of life. Joe Souchere. AimHighConstructionMN.com. AimHigh uh, in the business of designing custom spaces where your life happens. The crew at Aim High Construction can make your vision a reality, and it doesn't matter what that reality, what you want it to be, indoors, outdoors, residential, commercial, and everything you can think of construction-related, roofing, siding, windows, decks, kitchen. It just doesn't matter. They can do it. Chris, the owner, 100% committed to your 100% satisfaction. His team also dedicated to that superior craftsmanship and when you work with aim high you're going to ex well here's what to expect i'm just going to lay it down let's be honest prompt professional and courteous service from an experienced crew uh, they work with leading brands the best in the business to bring long-lasting high-performing solutions for your project so it doesn't wear out in the next six months. You know what I'm saying here? Uh, they really make the construction proce process enjoyable. You got to get the bid ball rolling. Chris and the crews, very busy. Get on the list, aimhighconstructionmn.com. Discuss that project, aimhighconstructionmn.com. Two items not necessarily unrelated. Two items that are not Unnecessarily related. No. <laughs> no. Two items Close that are enough. not necessarily unrelated. Two items that are kind of the same, but one's not like the other. Uh, I would put them you. under the heading of, this is where we're going. This is where we're going. In September of 2020. You don't want me to repeat everything, do you? Donald Bertram pulled up to Timothy Huff's house as Huff did yard work. This is in Ohio. So the homeowner, Timothy Huff, is doing yard work. Donald Bertram hopped out of his car, walked into the open garage, picked up a $500 leaf blower, and drove off. The Ohio Supreme Court yesterday ruled that Bertram, who had walked into the garage, did not commit burglary because he did it in plain view without force, stealth, or deception. B the, as in B. The court tossed out Bertram's conviction, but told Scioto County Common Pleas Court to convict him of misdemeanor criminal trespassing. Bertram had been sentenced to 8 to 12 years in prison on the burglary offense. Huff, the homeowner, told a jury that Bertram had a smile on his face, leading him to believe initially that he wasn't there to steal anything. When Huff told him to stop and put down the blower, Bertram put it in the passenger seat of his car. Huff snapped photos, and Bertram drove off. Nor did Bertram deceive, mislead, lie to, or trick Huff into granting him entry into the garage, the unanimous opinion said. Bertram did not commit burglary under Ohio law because he did not gain access to Huff's garage by force, stealth, or deception. Wow. Well, it's diff go ahead. different in Ohio than it is here because he would have been convicted of burglary in Minnesota. For how long? Well, I'm not a judge. No, I'm no, only I mean, a lawyer. No, I mean ideologically. That oh, kind of right. thing is coming here. Right. The second item that's not necessarily unrelated. Portland. That's Oregon. Portland residents are furious over a Democrat-backed bill 
that would allow members of the homeless community. Uh, wait, I got it. I'll get it here somewhere. That would allow members of the homeless community to sue property owners if the property owner asked them to leave their residence. Sue the property owner? House Bill 3501, commonly known as the Right to Rest Act, mm. would allow persons experiencing homelessness to use public spaces in the same manner as any other person without discrimination based on their housing status with an expectation of privacy. Damian Bunting, one of the city's residents outraged by the push, slammed it as lunacy. When I was working last night, we had someone who was standing in front of our property, and lawfully and legally, we asked them to move from one place to another. That person told me, you know, there's a bill right now that just got passed that says I can sue you for $1,000, so the word is out. Wow. Bunting, who has regularly addressed growing concerns over crime and homelessness in the city, previously warned that lawlessness will persist if the state does not reverse its course. Is this shades of anything local, people? I think it's getting to the point where we're literally going to have to reach this level of lunacy for people to wake up. I watched the I watched the mayor come on Fox TV, the complete disconnect and absolute unmitigated gall to come on and say things here in Portland are as bad as are not as bad as people saying they are. That sounds familiar. Bunting claimed residents are beginning to wake up to the insanity and said the number of locals voicing their outrage is overwhelming, including those who had voted for the politicians backing the bill. In many of the interviews, bill sponsor Representative Farah Chachi, Democrat, gave before being elected, she talked about the homeless issue and their right to housing being her number one priority and that she was going to try to push this bill, which she did and succeeded. Hmm. By the way, I understand it. Uh, they would be allowed to what? Sleep in the boulevard or something? I We're just shy wow. of them being allowed to come in your house. Right. Mm -hmm. And take your uh, leaf blower when they leave. Uh, you uh, could already walk in and take the leaf blower. Right. A philosophical question. Yeah. Because I, I understand your point and probably where you want to go with it, but yeah. I just looked up the Ohio Supreme Court. Yeah. Uh, it's majority Republican. <laughs> yeah, and the laws were probably created by majority Democrats. Yeah, the way the, raw, the law is written is what's at fault here. Look, from what I could look. tell from our own law, John. Let's look. Well, I would think that if you walk into a garage and take somebody's lawnmower, you've stolen it. What would have happened if Hoff had uh, beat the living crap out of the guy? I, would that have been justified? Oh, yes. Boy. You yes. know what I mean? Yes. I would think, right? Yes. Although, mm. well, that's a, that's a good point. But <sighs> that would presume that the homeowner did not invite him into the garage. Right. What, what's it? What's here? What what seems to be at issue is that the fellow who entered the garage did not do so with any force, stealth, or deception. So if Huff, the homeowner, had said, "Hey, hey, hey, wait a minute," would yeah, wouldn't that That's have deception? No, but that wouldn't even constitute stealth, force, or deception because it's the homeowner saying that. The then burglar burglar said, "Well, I just I'm just going to take your snowblower. Your garage door is open." 
Well, wouldn't it then be robbery? I would hope so. There's a helpful picture here of somebody blowing leaves. Uh, <laughs> I, I would th- I would think that would be uh, the case that you'd you'd have a stronger case to get your get your leaf blower back if you put oh. up a ruckus. So he should have. He should have. Is right. A ruckus. a ruckus. Yeah. Well, my neighbors always in my garage taking beer out of my fridge. Is that that's different? Okay. That's, that's a okay. GL thing. Gotcha. That's, that's fine. Okay. Well, how did? Okay. Now, okay. Never mind. I'm no, looking at. Oh, come on, John. Well, no, their trespass law says you have to have permission to be there. So did they? They charge the guy with trespass? Did you say that in the story? Maybe I missed it. I thought he did. Certainly, he should be charged at least with trespass. Okay, we else. can do that. We have that. Uh, what the court did is overturn the sentence he got in a lower court. On the, on the burglary, right? And the the Supreme Court did say to the lower court, convict him of misdemeanor trespassing. Mm, interesting. But not of the burglary. Right. The burglary, the, the burglary would have resulted in the guy getting some jail time. The Supreme Court said no to the jail time, convict him of a misdemeanor trespassing. Yeah, you got to feel sorry for the GLers that are lawyers in the audience and listening to us. I just (laughs) probably screaming at their phone. Apologize to them right now. (laughs) Why? What have we said to be? We come off as uh, turnips at sometimes. No, there's nothing to be misunderstood about that story. It's 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 not surprising. We've you know you got to. You've got attorneys in Boston who didn't they approve of uh, you can steal from a house if nobody's in it? Oh, We've yes. We've had that story. Yes, that was a few months ago. Yeah. At the root of this, I'm becoming increasingly convinced, at the root of this is the contempt that the mystery has for the founding of the country, that it was essentially flawed from day one because these were merely white people. And white patriarchy is at the root of all evil if you are uh, suffering hard times. Mm -hmm. That's the fault of the people who met in an unair-conditioned hotel room in Philadelphia and hammered out this miraculous document called the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. They were wrong. They were just wrong. And we're here to undo every bit of it. Are we going to turn the Titanic around? No, I'm not. Not in this state. I don't see it. She's sinking. Okay. What is it sinking about? Isn't there could have used a bigger rudder? Best we can do is keep rearranging deck chairs. Isn't there a difference between theft, robbery, and burglary? I don't know. They're three different things. What are they then? He was tried on the wrong thing. He shouldn't have been tried on burglary. Well, now you're upsetting the lawyers. Sure, go ahead. No no one's forcing their hand right now. (laughs) They should have gone after theft and or robbery. What's burglary? It, it's the lawyers. Well, that, like I said earlier, that depends wow. on the definition on. from state to state. Mm-hmm. You know what in the Min- moral is? You know what in, the moral is? In Don't Minnesota, own a leaf blower. In Minnesota, yeah. he would have been convicted, from what I can see. And I'm looking at the Ohio law: a person commits burglary when, by force, stealth, or deception, they trespass. Okay, he didn't have force. Stealth or deception. In the state of Minnesota, burglary is different from robbery in that it involves entering another person's building without consent in order to commit a crime. Burglary is often thought of as a theft crime, but the reality is that you could be convicted of burglary for entering another person's property for a variety of reasons. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Thank you very much. Let's take a uh, time out and come back with Mr. Height. Okay. Talk some, yeah. more, talk some more burglary. Yeah. KNL Surplus and Ammo is your one-stop shop for all firearms-related products for over 25 years. Why? KNL Surplus and Ammo offers one of the widest selection of firearms in the region. The big box stores say they do too, but that usually means they have a lot of inventory, not a wide selection. KNL has a broad selection of different calibers, is veteran-owned, and offers first responder and veteran discounts. KNL is also committed to safety and a licensed FFL retailer. Find out for yourself why KNL Surplus and Ammo has been the choice of gun owners for over 25 years. KNLGunstore.com. Huh? <laughs> Are we on a break? Yes. Truth, justice, and the suture. So, yeah, aimhighconstructionmn.com. They've got the construction portion of your deal figured out. Our guys at ProfessionalTurf.com, they've got the yard, the front yard, the backyard, the side yard. They've got that figured out for you. If you're looking to maximize your outdoor space, uh, ProTurf, give them a go. They're fantastic. They will show you what your project is going to look like when it's done before it even starts. Voodoo. I don't know, but they do it. Uh, that way you'll know that your dreams can become a reality. And it doesn't matter what your dreams are, trees, shrubs, flowers, mulch beds, rock, sod, patios, let's see, pools, sure, bubbling brook, no problem. They can make all of that happen. The best lawn in the neighborhood and amazing outdoor environments, simple. You, you can see it all. It's all at ProfessionalTurf.com. And now, without further ado, here's the voice of Minnesota... <laughs> John Hyde, the winner of the Buckeye Award. <laughs> Thank you very much, fellows. Why don't we say tell listeners what we're referring to? John has been selected as a voice of Minnesota, and he will be highlighted on an edition of Twin Cities Live. Wow! Yeah, as one of the voices of Minnesota, and mm -hmm. I think that's fantastic. Thank you, Johnny Cake. Thank you. Is the subject going to be voter fraud? <laughs> <laughs> the news is probably well, always going to tell him I work with all these conservative <laughs> bastards. That's right? exactly uh, what he's all do. I can do it's to nice. hang on. Like, you know, John, world, could you at, at some point? And... It'd be really cool at some point if you just refer to all of us as some bitches. Yeah, some, some bitches. bitches. Some, some bitches. bitches. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, this news is brought to you by ProfessionalTurf.com. My lawn. Uh, it looks gorgeous right now, already yep. this year. Uh, and not only that, I can make this a two-for-one, Kenny. Started up my lawnmower yesterday. You know why it started like that? The foam, baby. That's right. The, the magic of sea foam. Cool. Yes. Uh, not a lot of details at this point. Emergency crews are at the scene of a reported house explosion in rural Otsego this morning in the 17,000 block of 53rd Street Northeast. The Wright County Sheriff's Office says the explosion was reported around 8.30 this morning and initial information suggests the home was unoccupied at the time. However, officials say the scene is still active. The public is being asked to avoid the area so the multiple agencies responding can do their jobs. Some roads in the area have also been closed until further notice. We lose about two a year, don't we? Yeah. Uh, two a year, they just blow up. Yep. Yep. Well, good, there was nobody in it. Yep. 
Dozens of members of Minneapolis street gangs and their associates are now facing federal charges after a multi-agency operation between local and federal authorities. Prosecutors from the U.S. Attorney's Office, joined by the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms and Explosives, Minneapolis Police Department, Hennepin County Sheriff's Office and other leaders to announce charges yesterday afternoon. U.S. Attorney Andrew Luger said 45 people are facing racketeering charges in connection to the investigation, marking the first time his office has filed RICO charges against Minneapolis street gangs. According to Luger, 30 members and associates of the Highs and the Bloods have been charged with racketeering conspiracy involving alleged murder, attempted murder, robbery, drug trafficking, and obstruction of justice. Another 15 members are facing drug and gun charges. All but two of those charged are in custody, Luger said Wednesday, noting that a lot of them were already in custody, but around two dozen of them have been rounded up in recent days. Rounded up. Luger didn't say how many more people could be charged. He and other officials said the work to get violent criminals off the streets will continue. This announcement comes about a year after Luger and his federal and local partners held a press conference to announce a new strategy to combat violent crime in the Twin Cities, which included the creation of a new unit to focus on the most violent gang members. Why didn't they do this five years ago? <clears throat> Good question. Ten years ago. But I'm why? glad they're doing can it. I, can I answer that? You may. Um, well, I think it's pretty obvious why they didn't do it. Because they trusted people at the state level, which they can't do that anymore. No, because we're just turning them out the door. I, I, I accept your answer. All right. But why did they tip their hand? They did this to the highs and the bloods and said, lows, we're coming for you guys next. The highs are above the lows. Well, I think. Yeah, but the lows are still. No, they are, they're going to no, scatter. It's because they want people that are already apprehended to start doing this. They want uh, them to start talking. Uh, snitches get stitches. Well, but it's either that or they can probably exchange it for a less less of a prison sentence, I would guess. Okay. But well, this is, I mean, folks. You can steal a leaf blower like, in Ohio. That's true. <laughs> but I don't know if you guys know this, but it's going to get warm out here in a little bit. Yeah. And that's bad news for the big city. Oh, I see. I thought mm-hmm. you were doing an ad. No. It's that season. I wish you know I was. what season it is. What season are it's we? It's going to get warm. John, continue. Star Tribune reporting those serious crime aboard Metro Transit buses and light rail trains surged by almost two thirds in the first quarter of this year. Good Lord. The agency's, the agency's new police chief said yesterday he's still confident a plan to combat crime will produce results. Sworn in as Metro Transit's police chief in March, Ernest Morales III joined the department as a 40-point action plan was being implemented to bolster an official presence on public transit. That strategy adopted last year includes more police and community service officers on light rail trains, private security guards at problem stations, and a beefed-up emphasis on fair compliance. The need to combat crime has become especially acute as ridership slowly recovers after the pandemic. According to Metro Transit, the crime increase is largely driven by drug use and drug equipment violations, which accounted for 38% of serious crimes on public transit. Hiring more police officers remains a challenge for Metro Transit. While the council is budgeted for 171 full-time officers, only 110 currently report for duty. Only 45 part-time officers are working, even though the department has a budget for 80. Just 15 CSOs so far have been hired. Morales' departments throughout the Metro are experiencing a similar dearth of officers. Taste of Minnesota. Remember the Taste of Minnesota? I do remember. I went to the first ever Taste of Minnesota. Oh, so did I. Mm-hmm. What, what year? Oh, what year? Oh, it had to be back in the what early eighties, maybe. It was nineteen eighty-three. Do you remember the weather that day? Hot, wasn't it? 
It was very, very hot, so everybody was dressed in skimpy clothing, mm-hmm. and then it rained. Oh, oh wow. For about well, then. I was probably there with some children and was not and allowed to. Uh... After it rained, it kind of cooled off. Oh, got it. Uh, yeah. I don't remember Man, any of stuff that you part. Yeah. Soul Man was having himself a 4th uh, of July. Yeah. I ran out of room in my pockets for the turnips I brought along for lunch. <laughs> And this has been Kenny's why, why am I cursed with this? on the GL Podcast. <laughs> I don't know. Why, why is this possible? Anyway, the Taste of Minnesota, the 4th of July party that once drew hundreds of thousands of people to St. Paul for fruit <laughs> music, is coming, Minneapolis, uh, coming to Minneapolis this summer. <laughs> After a hiatus of seven years, the festival. Where, where's is, it going, John? I'm sure it's going to be. It's going to be in Minneapolis. Oh, sure. It used to be a St. Paul event. You know, yeah, one yeah, of my favorite ones. Uh, my favorite years for the um, uh, the event was when you were gone. I think. Yeah. And we did the show. We brought Garage Logic down there for a Friday afternoon. I think it was. Uh, it was Norm Coleman? Was it Norm Coleman? Yeah, yeah and he uh, called it the Norm Coleman show. <laughs> You weren't real thrilled about that. Well, uh, you know, Norm, what are you doing? You know, How did it go? It was good for St. Paul. I'm sure Paul. it was good. I'm sure good it was good. Wait a minute. <laughs> he filled in on GL and called it Nor- the Norm Coleman show? Yes, this is uh, well. this is correct. I, I, I remember I, the turnip boy. Yes, he ran out of pockets. <laughs> the turnip boy. Uh, he, we he, don't... <laughs> he lingered just a little too long. Yeah. We don't have a lot of details of what will happen, uh, but we should find out more later today. They're going to hold a press conference at 3 in the afternoon. Where, where and, is it going to uh, be, John? Well, we don't know any of this yet. Oh, oh, I, 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 I can tell you where it's going to be. I, sure know, where? I actually know a lot about this just by oh. accident. Uh, it's going to be between Nicollet and Hennepin and 3rd and Washington. Hmm. Big, 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 big parking lot area there. Hmm. Uh, they will uh, today, later on, talk about uh, what's going to happen there, about entertainers and food options, according to a news advisory uh, they release. So, All started uh, by the late, great Ron Maddox. Yep. Ron Maddox, yep. man. So yeah, wait a minute. Ready. The station schedules GL live at the Taste of Minnesota, and Joe says, Joe uh, I got to take the day he off. He was taking a rare Friday <laughs> off, you know, when the temperature was, changed? you know. <laughs> I had a thing. Yeah. It was a little looser back then. I got it right. Yeah. Yeah. Follow up, St. Paul City uh, Council. Hold on a second, John. They sent me and Yatesy down there one year when we were doing afternoons, and it was a last minute thing. Like they booked it two days before the event. We got put right next to a generator. Oh, no. For three hours on the air. All you could hear was. Bobby take uh, that. Uh, yeah. He was not happy. Okay. Well, he was rarely was he happy. True. No, that's true. Follow up, the St. Paul City Council members have opted to delay a vote on that proposal that would require changes to how firearms are stored within the city. The proposed amendment requires guns and ammo to be stored separately, even in private homes. Supporters say it's an effort to reduce violent incidents caused by unlawful discharge of unsecured firearms. However, Minnesota Gun Control uh, Gun Owners Caucus argues it's unconstitutional and violates state statutes. They say they will now take a final vote on Wednesday. May 17th. From the Pioneer Press, a 48-year-old Excelsior man injured his hunting partner on Wednesday afternoon south of Stillwater after mistaking him for a turkey and firing a shot, according to officials. Because his partner kept going, gobble, 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 gobble. He just got sick of it and shot him. Hey, that was pretty good, man. Thank you. It really was, yeah. How can you mistake a guy for a turkey? 
That's yeah. what I was kind of wondering. They're low to the ground, and they're, uh, they're they don't look anything like a person. It was his outfit. Yeah. <laughs> The men were on the guy die? He wore a turkey no, no, suit. No, no. He was no, wearing a turkey no. suit oh. to try to attract turkeys. <laughs> the men were hunting together east of Northbrook Boulevard and 51st Street at about 1.30 in the afternoon when it happened, according to the Washington County Sheriff. Uh, deputies and paramedics responded to the scene, took the wounded man, a 54-year-old man from Arden Hills to Regions Hospital. His injuries are non-life-threatening. The man who fired the shot is cooperating with investigators. The shooting appears to have been an accident. It's all being investigated right Right now by the DNR and the sheriff's office. Serious question. Are turkeys in season right now? Uh, it's turkey season, correct, and now is the breeding season. It okay. usually starts the end of March and runs That's, through uh, oh, about May 15th. We got a lot of turkeys. Yeah, yeah there's tons of turkeys up here. Rookie, everywhere. that's what happened. That's why I had the turkeys on. It's, it's mating season. <laughs> like those gorillas. Gobble, gobble. gobble, gobble. Well, you're not height. supposed to make it sound sexy, dummy. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And the great, thing, the great thing about turkeys in the turkey world, uh, the, to Tom, the male, they require the hen, the female, to come to them. Oh, they do the not. They How's do not chase working? tail. That's the way it should. Be. They do the announcement. <laughs> Rookie, go ahead, make the announcement. Gobble, 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 gobble. And then they hang out and wait for all the babes to roll in. Gobble. Who ready? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) You know the turkeys sleep in trees? Yeah, it's called roosting. Mm -hmm. Somebody, I think Kenny just told me that because I had one in my yard fly up to a tree, and he said that's where they sleep. That's where they sleep. Mm. I know a lot say, about uh, animals. <laughs> yeah, Bob the turkey called. Yeah. Remember way back when Bob yeah. the turkey? Yeah. The turkey Remember guy? the turkey was eating nails? Everything. And, anything yeah. they'll eat, anything they yeah. get their hands on. Huh. St. Paul High School student. hands, though. That's the odd part. <laughs> high school student pistol whipped another student at school and then accidentally shot himself, it appears, after leaving, according to police. That's karma, isn't it? Happened at Gateway to College, a St. Paul public school for students to finish their high school diploma while earning college credits. Officers were called just before noon Tuesday, and surveillance video showed two students talking in the school's entryway when one all of a sudden pulled out a handgun and began to hit the victim multiple times in the head. A magazine fell from the gun, and the 16-year-old suspect retrieved it from the ground to put it back in the gun, concealed the weapon, and walked away. The 18-year-old victim followed the suspect outside but stopped when security got there. The suspect walked across Marshall Avenue. The security officer saw him cross the street and heard what he thought was a gunshot. At that point, police said the suspect appeared to be walking away with a limp. He had not been found as of Wednesday morning. Police said they're investigating. Gateway to College Principal Darren Irama wrote to parents saying there was an altercation involving students inside the building and that one had a weapon. You know, there's many reasons for the failed academy, but I think one of the main reasons where the schools went wrong was coming up with names for the schools that left you with no idea where they were. Uh, Gateway. I never heard of the Gateway College School. Yeah, I don't know. You know, the John F. Kennedy Space Center School, the Paul and Sheila Wellstone School. Go bleep yourself. (laughs) Come up with a name. Name them after a president or somebody, like they used to. Right. You mean like John F. Kennedy? Yeah. (laughs) But just not the space stuff. Gus Grissom Space Academy. Where the hell is that? 
Augustine fit. It didn't well, well, whatever. Augustine. You know what I mean. It's he, close enough. He, he got killed. Yeah. Well, <laughs> name it after me. Like Hill High School. Where is that? On a hill? On this note. How about take a short Jesse break. the Body High School? <laughs> All right, everybody. I'm going to tell you about Minnesota Masonic Charities right now. <laughs> I demand that you go down there. No, I'm not. I'm really not going to do that. But I'm going to tell you about Minnesota Masonic Charities and the soft side of them. Several weeks ago, I told you about the Minnesota Masonic Charities Scholarship Program, one of the largest private scholarship granting organizations in the state of Minnesota. Minnesota Masonic Charities is very proud to support the youth of Minnesota, and they're putting their money where their mouth is. This year, they launched a brand new scholarship program, unlike anything I've ever seen, the Selfless Scholar, it's called. The way the scholarship program works is instead of inviting students to apply for scholarships based on their achievements, the scholarship encourages young people to look beyond themselves, recognize the kindness and selflessness of their fellow students. And after receiving hundreds of wonderful stories, MMC has finalized the recipients for 2023. Over the course of the several weeks, I'll be sharing some of those stories. And I want you to check out their website, mnmasoniccharities.com. Oh, yeah, one more thing about the scholarships. The 15 $5,000 scholarships are split between the nominator and the nominee, thereby awarding both the person who took the time to write the story and the person whose story got the attention of a peer. I'm looking forward to sharing those with you. If you want more information, mn mnmasoniccharities.org Mr. Mike Schoonover is on the line. You know why? It's Positive Thursday. And as usual, it's always brought to us by SchoonoverBodyWorks.com. Schoonover Body Works and Auto Care, located Shoreview, 1060 County E. And I know how you love when I read to you, Mike. Hi, by the way. Hello. Let me read it's a something. Happy, happy, uh, happy positive Thursday and a very nice Thursday it is. Isn't this amazing? Wow. Gorgeous. Really puts a crabby guy in a good mood is what it does. <laughs> Feels weird, Mike. Um, okay. I want to read something here from August 2015 to February 2023. The Patrick Schoonover Heart Foundation conducted 28 Play for Patrick Youth Heart Screens. Along the way, you guys have screened 4,848 kids, found 292 with elevated blood pressure, 284 with abnormal electrical or structural heart defects. And I love this, this stat. This is good. Taught 4,032 kids and adults CPR and AED awareness. And y'all donated 17 AEDs to the area schools. Congratulations. I am one of those, um, one of those CPR snobs that I think everybody should, you got to know how to do the Heimlich and know how to do CPR. That's just part of being a citizen of the world. Absolutely, Kenny. I agree with you wholeheartedly. Um, you know, especially today, I think, uh, with, uh, with the way things are in the world and, uh, EMTs being, you know, short staffed, short handed, super yeah. busy, lots going on. And, uh, you know, they're not gonna, you know, they're not gonna get to you like, like they do on the uh, TV shows where you call and they're there in like two minutes. Right. Um, you know, you got three minutes to work with, uh, if somebody goes into sudden cardiac arrest before, you know, they, that, that there's some severe, um, long-term issues. 
And um, so it's good to know because I you just, you know, you, you, a friend of mine who is a Coon Rapids cop says, uh, don't wait for the help, be the help. So, yeah, um, absolutely. It's a good yep. way to live. So yep. I totally, totally agree with you, Kenny. And doing CPR is nothing to be afraid of. It's actually really easy to remember. It's almost, you, you almost can't screw it up. That's how easy it is. And now it's, uh, what do you guys call it? Mouth free or something weird like that? What do you? Uh, Hands only CPR. Hands only. So, okay. Yeah. yeah. There's no. There's no mouth involved other than yelling to people to. Uh, yeah. Are you okay? AED, Wake call, up. Hello. Nine one one. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Go grab the AED. Somebody call nine one one and somebody start pushing hard yeah. and fast in the center of the yep. chest. Take over. Be the boss. Um, delegate. Yep. Absolutely. And the reason we're bringing this all up is because uh, there's another screening this week. The uh, Patrick Schoonover Heart Foundation. Um, it's this Saturday, 9 to 4, at the West Tonka Activity Center. Free. It's open to all kids and young adults. We're talking 14 to 24 years old. So uh, we want to get everybody lined up. If you're a grandpa, a parent, an aunt, an uncle, a friend, um, do whatever it takes to get that kid, that parent involved, and get that kid screened. Yeah, there's still openings. So... Uh playforpatrick.org slash West Tonka. And what you'll face when you get there, pretty easy. Family health history, height, weight, you check the blood pressure in both arms and then recheck it if it's high. Uh, you perform 12 lead EKG um, tests, echocardiogram, I can talk, that checks the structure of the heart. And the results are then reviewed by a physician and then discussed with the parent or the guardian and the kid Mayo Clinic participating once again, which is fantastic. How'd you guys get those guys involved? You know, years ago we asked them to help us out, and they uh, they they respectfully declined. And then last summer they uh, they're doing some AI research, and uh, they need to screen a lot of kids. And they contacted us and said, "Hey, can we partner up with you uh, for a few screens?" So. Um, so far, so good. So yeah, that's how that's how that works. So we're very, very honored and, and uh, pleased to be a part of the Mayo Clinic. That is so fantastic. Again, it's this Saturday at the Mound uh, West Tonka West Tonka uh, Activities Place, and the website to go th- go to if you want to check more information. Playforpatrick.org. Really um, easy to find, and there's a lot to learn by going there. So uh, thank you for that, Mike. Thanks to, to you and your family for everything you've done you bet i'm happy to help so or we're happy to help i should say so yeah it's uh it's great so thanks a lot kenny yep meanwhile um if you need something auto related and they pretty much cover everything at schoonover body works and auto care stop by give them a call they're garage logic's official body shop always rated as one of the top joints in town website schoonoverbodyworks.com This guy wears many hats, just not indoors. Joe Souchere. Breaking news. Uh, You were mentioning a broadcasting school, right, when we went to break? It was? Yeah, I was trying to get to this cut before the Jesse Ventura school took over with Minnesota Masonic. I wasn't talking about broadcasting schools. The Joe Souchere broadcasting school is coming to a classroom near you. And that would start with... Hello, everybody. No, no, stop practicing. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, everybody. That and, you know, play-by-play, we could have all sorts of stuff. Yeah, there's a audio gem. Broadcasting school. 
in uh, other news, uh, before we get to the news, I got. Uh, I want to mention this. We were talking musicians the other day in Flaming Lips in Oklahoma. Uh-huh. And we said there's no other musicians from Oklahoma. And Dale sent me an email. And Dale pointed out, are you, are you guys idiots or what? Uh, Leon yeah. Russell, J.J. Oh, Kale, J.J. Yeah. Kale. Both of them are from Oklahoma. Okay. So, uh, Why so have I always assumed that Leon was from New Orleans? That's what I, I thought, too. I That's because no he idea. must have lived there. Swampy? Is he swampy? I don't, I don't think he did. Uh, in other news, former Proud Boys leader Enrique Tarrio and three other members of the far-right extremist group convicted today in that plot to attack the U.S. Capitol. A jury in Washington found Tarrio guilty of seditious conspiracy after hearing from dozens of witnesses over three months during the trial. It's a significant milestone for the Justice Department, which now has secured seditious conspiracy convictions against the leaders of two major extremist groups. Prosecutors say we're intent on keeping Joe Biden out of the White House at all costs. These charges for Tario and three other members of the Proud Boys carry a prison sentence of up to 20 years. New York has officially become the first U.S. state to ban gas stoves from new residential building construction. Progress. The new $229 billion fiscal year budget was approved by Governor Kathy Hochul and the Democratic-led legislature on Tuesday night contains a provision that bans gas stoves from new residential buildings. The law also bans furnaces and propane heating. Under the new law, all electric heating and cooking is required in new buildings shorter than seven stories by the year 2026 and in buildings taller than seven stories by 2029. It is designed to largely impact residential buildings with exceptions in place for commercial and industrial buildings such as restaurants and stores. For those worried the new legislation could impact their beloved existing mm. kitchen power, Hockle had some words of relief saying existing buildings will not be impacted by the new legislation. So you'll still be able to purchase them also, correct, for your yeah. existing building? It sounds like it, yes, and and uh, like she said, restaurants and other because places. Because I was just wondering what that's going to do to the industry. Is that going to be a problem for the makers and sellers of gas stoves? How many jobs will be lost to bring about the green right. revolution? Right. Funny you ask that question. I have a 60-second clip of Senator John Kennedy asking the Department of Energy Secretary, I believe his last name is Turk, correct, about why we're going to spend $50 trillion to become carbon neutral. Maybe I'm not being clear. If we spent $50 trillion to become carbon neutral by 2050 in the United States of America, how... How much is that going to reduce world temperatures? This is a global problem. So we need to reduce our emissions and we need to do everything we can. How much, if we do our part, is it going to reduce world temperatures? So we're 13 percent of global emissions. You don't know, do you? (laughs) You don't know, do you? You can do the math. We need to. You don't know, do you, Mr. Secretary? So we're 13% of if global emissions. If you know, why won't you we tell went, me? If we went to zero, that would be 13%. You don't know, do you? You just want us to spend $50 trillion, and you don't have the slightest idea whether it's going to reduce world temperatures. Now, I'm all for carbon neutrality, but you're the deputy secretary of the Department of Energy, and you're advocating we spend trillions of dollars to seek carbon neutrality, and you can't, and this isn't your money or my money, it's taxpayer money, and you can't tell me how much it's going to lower world temperatures? Or you won't tell me? You know, but you won't? 
In my heart of hearts, there is no way the world gets its act together on climate change unless the U.S. leads. Tell me how much it's the going US to reduce. You, you can't tell me. Either that or you won't. Good for him. That was awesome. Yes. On a side note. It's not it, going to make a bit of difference, by the way. Didn't it sound like his dentures were halfway falling out? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That was Senator who? Uh, Senator John Kennedy. Kennedy. Where's he from? Louisiana. Oh. Thank you, John. Louisiana. Uh, Louisiana. Pol uh, police uh, did arrest a fellow that shooting we talked about briefly yesterday that had just happened in Atlanta. Uh, the shooting killed one person and wounded four. A man uh, went out of the building, carjacked a vehicle, and fled the scene, but he now has been arrested. He was taken into custody uh, into custody without incident after an undercover officer spotted him north of the city in suburban Cobb County. He was identified as 24-year-old Dion Patterson. The motive for the shooting and whether the suspect knew or targeted any of the victims has yet to be determined, according to police. The gunman opened fire with a pistol, was only inside the medical center for about two minutes, then fled on foot, went to a nearby gas station where he commandeered a pickup truck that had been left running unattended and drove away. Police analyzed a ton of surveillance camera images and telephone tips from the public on sightings to narrow down the suspect's location. The gunman had arrived at the medical center with his mother. But she was not injured in the shooting. Police said she and other family members were cooperating with investigators. Little known about the suspect's background. Uh, the only thing released, the U.S. Coast Guard said Patterson had joined the force in July 2018, was discharged from active duty in January after having last served as an electrician's mate second class. No reason was given for his discharge. You think they give a bleep about stoves in India? No. They'll take any stove they can get. Yeah. You can get it delivered, right? Oh, yeah. Via just a brand new delivery truck. Well, it's rickety. <laughs> yes. Yeah, but if you're cornered with that same question again, you guys decide to move to New York, you'll know the answer this time. It's got to be electric. Right. <laughs> Been reading a book about I'd North get it right for a while. 50-50. <laughs> reading a book about North Korea, and uh, boy, I don't think you get gas or electricity there. I don't think you get food. It's Yeah, it's pretty bad, you know. A bus-sized asteroid will make its way past Earth today. Even larger asteroids are expected to come past the planet in the next few days, according to NASA. At its closest orbit, this comet will be closer to the Earth than the moon is. Uh-oh. So, uh, yeah, not not by much. Uh -oh. It's about 27,000 uh, miles. Even if it nicks the moon, we're screwed, John, right? Yeah. What did the you moon say? is hollow, by how, the way. How big is this asteroid? <laughs> uh, Bus-sized. Like yeah, I forgot the horn. How many boxes of paper clips is that? Suits, you should have seen the moon setting this morning about 5 a.m. I it saw was, her last night. It was orange. Oh, yeah. It's really beautiful. cool. That's I don't beautiful. ride a bus size asteroid, but if I did, if I did, I'd be yeah. this one. <laughs> this Saturday, May 6th, is Naked Gardening Day. I don't do that. No. I'm ready. I'm ready. Oh, we should have talked about this on Krabby. Yeah. According to Lawn Starter, researchers compared 200 of the biggest cities by looking at the legal rate of toplessness in the states, averaging monthly Google searches for Naked Gardening Day, forecasted daytime temps between 65 and 85 degrees, and then looked at sex offenders per 100,000 residents to find the best places for Naked gardening. Hello, Mrs. Oh, Haverkamp. Your tomatoes look lovely today. <laughs> where, where are the best places for nude gardening, John? Number one, as you might expect, if you think about it, is 
Miami, Florida. Well, that'd be uh, nice, sure. Yeah, and huh. uh, just a couple other ones in the top ten, and I'll tell you where we sit. Uh, Austin, Texas is number two, Atlanta number three. Uh, the oddest one in the top ten to me is Philadelphia is number four. Yeah, that, that doesn't ring a bell. So my, no, my timing was off to go are... see my son. Yeah. Yeah, really, uh, really off. This Very isn't off. where it's practiced. This would just be a good the place to do it. To to do it. Yes. Oh. yes. Did they For mention my place, students. Jackass Ranch? Because uh, just um, coincidentally... We're going to be working on the garden this Saturday. Oh, boy. Oh, well, there you go. It's going to be raining. Though, where, so. where does Minnesota rate? I hope it's really he low. He likes that, John. He the, likes the that. Best, the best any city's closest to us could do is Minneapolis at 115th. Yeah. And then St. Paul came in at 193rd. Yeah, there's not a lot to see. Yeah, so, nobody no, wants right. to see people from St. Right. Paul. No, no, that's uh, that's good. No, I'm glad that... Uh, that's not uh, oh, popular that's like here. a car crash or a crime right. scene. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What's not surprising is a group of students were celebrating 420 on the UC Santa Lit. Cruz campus. What is surprising? They weren't celebrating marijuana. They were celebrating the birth of Adolf Hitler. Huh. Oh, no. Students allegedly sang happy birthday and ate cakes decorated with Nazi symbols. That, according to the vice chancellor for student affairs... This is one of two anti-Semitic incidents that occurred on or near the campus involving UCSC students in the same week. The university received another report that a student found flyers on their car windshields in downtown Santa Cruz. Information about both incidents shared with the campus community April 28th. The on-campus party is being investigated by the Student Conduct Department. The university has also asked city officials to assist in the downtown incident involving the flyers. The university condemned both incidents, saying they're part of what they called a national trend of increased anti-Semitic rhetoric and violence. Incidents have occurred in the Bay Area in recent years, including an alleged hate crime against a Jewish man in San Francisco in December 2022 and a Hayward, California teacher who allegedly distributed anti-Semitic classroom materials back in February. I have a deep thought, John. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a picture, I'm looking at a picture of two women and a guy who's pretending to be a woman. And the guy won the cycling race. Uh, he won the uh, Tour of Gila, Gila in New Mexico. And the Union Cyclist International, world-governing body, defended the guy. His name is Austin Killips. After the transgender female cyclist picked up an overall victory in the Tour of Gila. And the uh, the cycling governing body is defending that. They, they welcome the transgender people. But it, if you're transgender, and if you're a guy, you're pretending to be a guy, okay. uh -huh. and you race in a bike race, are you afraid to race against males? That's always Deep the thought. assumption. Deep thought. Well, it's the Leah Thomas thing, right? Leah Thomas wasn't good enough to compete with the high-level men swimmers. So. Well, then these guys are just phonies. Yeah. Because he's taller than these two gals that finished behind him, and he's broader of shoulder. And it, But the, the union of the cycling union says that we base our decision on scientific knowledge. So somehow the Union of Cyclists has found scientific knowledge that confirms the fact that a, a guy who's pretending to be a woman uh, is a woman. 
It's funny uh, because scientists would dispute that. I would, right. You would think so. You got to trust the science. You would think so. Boy, and you know what else? He won. Th- he, he, she, whatever. He won thirty-five grand for yeah. winning that race. So, so mm. he took thirty-five grand out of a real woman's pocket. Yeah. I'm sure it's all about you know equity. That's what that's what he was fighting for. I'm sure, not the you know thirty-five should, grand. What they should do what is a they bunch should of BS. They should start another class just for biological women. Oh, oh wait, yeah, we've oh, tried wait. that. Wait. Yeah. This is ridiculous. Uh, I I think women are really getting the short end of the deal here. It's just a so it's to just, speak, yeah, sort of a bad deal for women athletes. <laughs> kind of like the turkeys, women. Huh? I, again, I think of swimming. You you know, your kid's a swimmer and she's a girl, and she really works at it. Now she gets to say the even Division three college. Well, I can't even use that anymore. St. Thomas is now D one. I would imagine in swimming. So the kid goes to St. Thomas, she makes a swimming team, and she gets knocked off by some a guy pretending to be a woman. And if you oppose well, that's it, not fair. you're transphobic. Well, then I'm transphobic. Yes, you are. I'm, but I'm not. I know you're not. I'm just interested in fair play. And this ain't fair that this guy, Austin Killips, for pretending to be a woman, he sweeps in there, wins the 35 Gs on his bike, and goes off to the next race to win some more. I think what you're saying is stay in your lane. Yeah, stay in your lane. That's what I'm you saying. You should be forced to stay in your lane. All right, lane. go ahead, John. I'm sorry. I had to get I'm, that off I'm, my chest. I'm, I'm, uh... It's going to be I, a shorter news Joe, segment. You're what? I had a, lot of, had a lot of news, Joe, there. I, I've used it all up. Oh, I see. Oh, my time was good, then. The voice of Minnesota has left the <laughs> building. Well, I'm going to tell He's you why when we news. come back, why everything we worry about is pointless anyway. John, when you're oh, going to be okay, leaving good. the building, you should call 30 Bales and get some takeout today for mm-hmm. you and for your beloved. Uh, go to their website, 30bales.com. Their entire menu is online. And if you are interested, you can do that online ordering. And their takeout is fantastic. And if you want to go out for dinner, hey, that's your spot as well. Uh, what do we got? Happy hour is 3 to 5.30. And the brunch, Saturday and Sunday, I have done it. It is spectacular. 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. But you have to call if you're planning on doing it for Mother's Day because I won't be shocked if they're already filled up. But call anyway to see if they have any spots left available for Mother's Day, which is, boy, it's next weekend already. Uh, lunch is also from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. Scratch Kitchen, the best in the business. Their food is spectacular. I was just there with my family a couple of Saturdays ago. The wife ordered the drummies and... I eat three of the six of the drummies. So nice. anyway, that's what Classy. I do. Uh, burgers, they they'll take care of yeah, every eat before the kids did. Right, exactly. <laughs> they'll take care of everybody though, whether it's the picky eater, the healthy eater, or the burger lover in your life. They will take care of each and every one of you. They also have an outstanding craft cocktail menu. So check them out online. Thirty bales. What about outside right now? Would the, they be heading into the outside? The world? patio is getting very close. When I was there, he said they hope to have the patio open by. Um, Memorial Day weekend, but there also is the back patio that I know will be in full well, service Minnesotans today. Minnesotans will eat next to the dumpster. Absolutely. To be outside. So right, check yes. them out. Give them a call. Let them know that you heard about 30 bales in downtown Hopkins right here on the Garage Logic Podcast. Not a Garage Logic town council member. Here's what you're missing. So starting next Friday, yes, sir, through October 1st, we're taking Fridays off. What? Okay. We got to look into that. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> no more Fridays, May. Let's uh, look into that. Yeah, let's look into Yeah, let's do it, Cookie. Go behind the scenes of Garage Logic with unfiltered audio and video access, invites to exclusive events, an emailed newsletter from the mayor himself, and more by signing up at garagelogic.com. It's the end of the world as we know it, and he feels fine. Joe Souchere. Ask me what I'm doing this weekend. What you doing, Ken? Uh, you can mind your own business, Reavers. He's talking um, to me. But what? All right, I'll tell you what I'm really going to do for three days. Moon Motorsports in Monticello is ground zero for power sports fun. If you're into bikes, sleds, ATVs, side-by-sides, uh, whatever it is, you've got to hit this. Four huge events coming this weekend, all in one weekend, all in three days. The Moon's open house, the tent sale, demo days. That's Friday and Saturday, the 5th and 6th. Then on Sunday, uh, Moon is hosting legendary travel rider. He's, she's actually making her first U.S. appearance in years, Elspeth Beard. And she's going to be telling stories of all her wild rides. MoonMotorsports.com has all the details. Absolutely one of the biggest power sports events um, the whole weekend of the year. Steep store-wide savings. An awesome selection of demo machines to try out. A wide selection of clearance merchandise. All under one tent. Exciting storytelling on Sunday. And Moon will be serving the world's best hot dogs mm. all events are free it's at moon motorsports south side of 94 just west of 25 in monticello moon motorsports your atv side by side and adventure motorcycle brand leader all the things we worry about this is a ray of hope we're, we're silly to worry about them uh the earth it's will <laughs> positive thursday the earth will meet its fate by getting swallowed yeah. into a black hole and this could happen huh. anytime Researchers, related? researchers at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology were able to watch in real time a planet getting consumed by a star. They've never seen that before. Mm. Before, scientists were lucky enough, were only lucky enough to see stars just before they grew big enough to eat entire planets. Mm. We were seeing the end stage of the swallowing, said lead author. Which is probably the most fun uh, to watch. <laughs> Which is I my think favorite I'm part. just going to uh, log out right now, my friend. How about... <laughs> I love planets. Just don't say anything about Uranus. Get ready. We were seeing... God. <laughs> we were seeing the end stage of the swallowing, said lead author... God, he says it again. Yeah, way to repeat it. Dr. Kishile Day from MIT. Hmm. And that what we were seeing was the future of the Earth. Well, that's not all bad, is it? If some other uh, civilization... show, <laughs> I mean, seriously. If some other civilization was observing us from 10,000 light years away while the sun was engulfing the Earth, they would see the sun suddenly brighten as it... E no. No. <laughs> Is it ejects some material? <laughs> oh, jeez. So fun. Who wrote All right. this? <laughs> oh, my God. He's got big stash, a big mustache. I'm here to fix your TV. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, come in. Yeah. You know, you yeah, children. My, my towel fell. I'm Whoops. sorry. 
One serious note. Yep. You said in real time. That's right. But. That's what I said. This feat happened between 10,000 and 15,000 years ago. Well, I can only tell you what I'm learning here. Mind blown. Yep. This is amazing. It's, Among uh, other. At this stage, <laughs> these cosmic giants consume anything. Right. In their Very hungry. One day in the far-flung corners of the future, the sun oh. and the earth are expected to do a similar dance. Scientists have had not been looking to see such an occasion and stumbled across it when researching stellar binaries, where two stars orbit around each other and occasionally brighten as they uh, tear uh. away bits of each other. Oh, yeah. Wow. wow. I hope that was a safe word. Uh, uh, observations and data from an array of different telescopes Provide uh, prove that scientists had discovered something more special, and and uh, we're we're amazed that we caught a star in the act of ingesting its of ingesting its planet, <laughs> something our own sun will do to its planets, though it's a long time from now in five billion years. I don't know how they know that, so we don't have to worry just yet. I I find it hard to believe that. Hey, we're not going to make it to twenty twenty five, so let's not. Yeah, we're we're done anyway. So. But that's what happens. The the uh, star eats its own, uh, right. devours its own. Right. And we are a planet of the sun. That's the sun is a star. Pretty, pretty weird. Isn't that something? Well, that's that's what they're into. Apparently, there's a move, movie about this. What? Nothing. Sorry. I couldn't even. Yeah. On this day in hey, history. Joe, may the fourth be with you. May the fourth. Only because they come to us all the way from Fernandia, the villages, Florida, from the traveling Lymans, taking a time out while they get their passports back. Uh, it was on this day May 4th. in 1888. On this day, May 4th. the Catholic Archdiocese of St. Paul was established. Nice. Uh huh. On this day in 1925. 5 4. St. Paul's Ford Motor Company plant assembled its first car, which St. Paul Mayor Arthur E. Nelson, Minneapolis Mayor George E. Leach, and Ford executives A.W. Bendick and V.E. Nystrom ride in during a ceremony. The plant soon produced 500 cars each day. Wow. And that was the St. Paul plant, not the early one in downtown Minneapolis. This is the one we just tore down. Yeah, right. Okay. On this day in 1975. Joe, today is May 4th. A sports note. Um, May 4th, what year? this day in 1975. 1975. Gotta be baseball. Twins related. No, the Twins retired number three in honor of Harmon Killebrew. In 75? Yeah, well, he had left after the end of the 74 season. I suppose. No, No, he went to Kansas City. Yeah, he went uh, after some time. He was gone. (laughs) 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 Happy birthday to you. I have another sports note. (laughs) On this day in 1984, what happened in the Metrodome? Is this when? All-Star game. No, that's not until July. Uh, That was in 85. May 4th. May 4th, 1984. It has to do something with the heat got on and you dug yourself a hole because nope. it got too hot. Yeah. Nope. Dave Kingman hit oh, a ball 
And it never came into down. the roof of the Metrodome, where it never came back. That's right. He was awarded a ground rule double. I do. Who was he that. playing for? The Cubs? Seattle? No, he was with. The we A's. didn't have interleague then, did we? He was with the A's, wasn't he? I don't know. Oh, I thought it was Seattle. Dave came in. Don't answer a question with a question. Well, I know he huh? played for Oakland. That's why I'm asking. Well, that's why I'm <laughs> telling you. We, it was before interleague okay, play. Okay, this doesn't so make any sense. he wasn't with the Cubs. Was, uh, he was with Oakland at Thank that point. Thank you. I, do you think that ball... I want an do you apology. Think anybody ever, I was offended. Do you think anybody ever... Yeah. Found that ball. I when believe they tore somebody it down. did. Seriously, I believe somebody did. We can ask Roycey tomorrow, but I yeah. do believe somebody did. Um, were they playing Kansas City on this day in 1975? Because Harmon know. was on the Royals team in 1975. It was his final season in professional baseball. I don't know. Kingman on his last uh, game in high school threw a no hitter against North High School. In his final high school game, he hit four home runs and he pitched a two hit shutout. What's that got to do with losing a ball at the Metrodome? Said, uh, I wonder if they covered that in here. Thank you, uh, GLers. Say uh, to answer, Mr. No, I'm done. Well, I got to answer Chris's question. The Twins did indeed play the Royals in Minnesota that day, May fourth, nineteen seventy-five. You learn more here by accident, and that's when Harmon got his number retired. Correct, old number three. That's right. Thank you. He also had two at bats in this period, which did not result in home runs, but nonetheless were noteworthy. In the Metronome against the Twins in '84, he hit a pop-up that got stuck. And in 85, he hit a hard drive to left field, which struck a speaker hanging from the roof of the Kingdome, and it bounced back and was caught for an out. Papa up. I was poking around the Garage Logic YouTube. There's some really good stuff on there, uh, especially the one on the bottom. Aren't uh, you doing the archive Sushere's, still? Sushere's brothers. Yeah, but this is on YouTube. You have to subscribe to Garage Logic. I want you to do that. Check out PodMN on your smartphone for a selection of podcasts that may interest you. And then flip over to Garage Logic, sign up for the Garage Logic Town Council, or tell others to, because after paying ten bucks a month or a hundred dollars for the whole year, you could get a ten dollar Fratelloni's Hardware and Garden Store gift card. May the fourth be with you. Ready? It is time once again that we pick up that phone and we make that call to check in with our guy, Mr. Money Talk. Josh Arnold is on the line with us once again here in Garage Logic. And boy, now is the time for you to do the same. So do not delay. Pick up that phone and do what I did. Dial 952-925-5608. That number once again is 952-925-5608. You call that number, you get Josh. And you will always get straight talk. You will never get sugar-coated advice. And Josh is with us once again. And boy, where to begin today, Josh? But you would like to discuss the Fed, banks, and Apple earnings today. Oh, we've got a lot, Chris, a lot that we've got to talk about. You had the Fed meeting Tuesday and Wednesday. They came out and raised, as expected, 25 basis points on short-term interest rates. That is, I don't know whether it's seven, eight, or nine times in the last year the Fed has raised interest rates in an effort to bring down inflation and 
slow the economy to bring inflation down to their target rate of 2%. Now, I was having lunch uh, the other day with one of my clients. I brought up the fact that the Fed's mandate is stable prices and full employment. And he said, well, what about 2% inflation? I said, that's not a mandate. That's Fed guidance. That guidance came, came about during the Obama administration when the economy was barely growing or growing maybe, I'll say it was barely growing. Inflation was about 1% and the Fed was actually fearful of the economy dipping into negative territory and even ha- being in a deflationary spiral based on the Obama administration's fiscal policies. So that's where the Fed came up with this 2% inflation mandate for themselves, or mandate guidelines for themselves. So they kept interest rates low and started their quantitative easing strategy, that is buying bonds on the market. Inflation, because again of changes in fiscal policy, which we've discussed before in the last several years, plus adding a lot of stimulus due to government-mandated shutdowns during COVID created a situation where inflation spiked up. So the Fed then reversed course, started raising interest rates in an effort to bring inflation down. This has led to a bigger problem, that being what's going on with the banks, in particular regional banks, as we've seen numerous regional banks not only lose deposits but and lose stock value, but we also have had four regional banks go out of business, including one this past week, First Republic, which was put into receivership on Monday and taken over by J.P. Morgan. Now, to me, with the Fed raising interest rates, in light of some of the issues that, one, they helped create with higher interest rates and the banks themselves not changing their bond buying portfolios, many of the regional banks holding long-dated assets and making shorter-term loans are in a bit of a pickle as their long-dated assets have dropped significantly in value. We brought that up before, noting that in 2022, long-term bonds dropped in value as much as the NASDAQ index. And unless interest rates come down significantly, long-dated assets or long-dated bond portfolios are not going to come back to where they were until or close to maturity. And the Fed has made a point of saying they're not at this point pausing on their interest rate moves, but they are going to be month to month more data dependent and they are not going to cut interest rates anytime soon. So banks remain in a predicament. And to me, and I am not, and we said this before, I am not a bank investor. Don't want to invest in banks. I just find they are uninvestable. It is said that when interest rates go up, that's the place to be with banks. You've seen what's happened with interest rates going up, and you've seen what happens or what has happened to bank stock values. They have gone down. Avoid banks. Know that the Fed is still on the inflation case and look for companies that are able to increase their sales, reduce some of their costs, and you'll be a lot happier, plus maintain a pretty good cash position to take advantage of the inevitable pullbacks and volatility that we're, that we're having. Apple, favorite Apple reports their earnings after, after the close. I'm expecting Apple to beat the estimates on the top line and bottom line. I'm expecting them to do better on iPhone sales than people predict. I expect that you're going to see a shortfall in revenues from Macintosh computers and uh, iPads. And I do expect their services 
business to be pretty good, including some of their advertising, even their games. So I do expect some pretty good good stuff. I also expect Apple to increase their dividend and share buyback and yet give very conservative guidance going forward. And I think that could result in a pullback in shares. I maintain my $250 price target on Apple. Would suggest anybody to add to their position or start a position after earnings. Meantime, there are other companies that have done very well and be happy to discuss those anytime. Very good, Mr. Money Talk. You heard him, GLers. Now's the time for you to pick up the phone and make the call for that free 48-minute financial consultation at 952-925-5608. In this dog-eat-dog world of investing, you need the best, and that's Josh Arnold, Mr. Money Talk. Straight talk, never sugar-coated advice. Josh, once again, thank you so much for the time and the chat. Have a great rest of your day a fantastic weekend, and we'll talk to you again next week. Okay, thanks, Chris. Investment services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a security investment advisor. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. All comments and opinions are Josh Arnold's and do not constitute investment advice. Chris Reavers is a paid endorser.